Keyhole KTIG is a developer and manufacturer of a patented high-productivity welding technology known as Keyhole TIG. TIG. Uh, I'm not sure if that's um, said TIG or, t or the actual uh, acronym TIG, but uh, is it TIG? Okay. <laughs> Uh, which increases welding efficiency and reducing overall welding times. Uh, so we're joined by the CEO, Adrian Smith. Um, Adrian, obviously, uh, from my introduction, welding as a service is a, a new business descriptor on me, um, but it's certainly intriguing to prick my interest. So look uh, look forward to hearing more about that uh, from you. I think you've got the uh, controls now, so over to you. Okay. Excellent. Um, Obviously, the forward-looking statements disclaimer is pretty standard. I won't go through it, uh, but it's there for everyone. Okay, so um, KTIG, uh, what we are is essentially is a, a transformational technology for welding. Um, we are a disruptor. We fundamentally change the economics of fabrication. Um, I'll go into it in more detail later, but you can put that in the context of what welding up a, a circumferential weld on a stainless steel pipe um, 10 millimeter thick might take six hours. Um, we can do that same weld in three minutes. So we have dramatic implications on the costs of, of fabrication. Um, we are a high grade solution. So we're not your, a replacement for the uh, backyard stick welder. Um, we are, you know, for the high end manufacturing type of the world. And it's proprietary technology. It was developed here in Australia by CSIRO. Um, we have patents around the world, and uh, we are we're very proud of what we do. Okay, so something uh, give you a background on our history. As I said, we came from um, research done in CSIRO in the early 2000s. Um, the company KTIG itself was incorporated as a startup in 2010. Um, started to sell systems a few years later, um, and grew uh, over a number of countries throughout the early days. And then we were listed on the AXX uh, towards the end of 2019. Um, and we've been working in the company basically uh, to scale uh, from the startup situation. So uh, we have moved to a recurring revenue model, which is welding as a service, which we'll talk about in a little bit more detail. We commenced that in 2019 um, and we've been working a lot on scalability. Uh, some of you uh, may know that we uh, made some announcements regarding defence in the last week, so I'll talk about those a bit later on too. Okay, so we've got a blue chip um, footprint for customers. As I said, we, we're not uh, the backyard welder guys. We're for the, the um, high volume precision welding side of the market. So, you know, people like Siemens, GEC, the nuclear industry, uh, RV industries, etc., are the sort of customers that, that deal with our product. So our revenue model is uh, is twofold. We are flexible uh, for the right right solution and jurisdiction because there are is jurisdictional issues. But essentially um, our preferred model is a, a recurring license revenue. And what we do is we actually um, retain ownership of, of the welding unit and we deliver it uh, and license um, and charge per kilometre of welding, for one of a, a better uh, analogy. So if you use the machine um, to weld a, a large amount, you pay more in fees and we look after the machine in terms of um, its life cycle and its costs and going throughs like that. Um, Everyone sort of says, how does that work? But that's actually how the welding industry quotes jobs. They quote per linear metre of weld. 
and, and the, the complexity and difficulty of the world. So we slot straight into that, that model. Um, we have huge uh, value adds in terms of costs, so uh, cost savings. So um, you know, it's a, it's a no-brainer that we are saving a lot of money when we when we put into that model and things like that. Uh, it links us tightly to the customer's production. We have minimum co uh, minimum monthly uh, fees. So if they they have downtime, they still have to pay the minimum amounts. Um, but we're able to share in the upside with them. The alternative model in some jurisdictions and for some applications is a, is a classic, we will sell you uh, one of our units and, and you take ownership and you take all the risks with its life cycle uh, maintenance and things like that. Let's give you an example of the sort of savings. Um, so here's a, a um, stainless steel pipe, um, 270 millimetres uh, in diameter, about nine and a half millimetres thick and you are doing a circumferential weld. So you're welding two pipe sections together. Um, that weld time would typically take up to six hours. And the reason it would take so long is because you don't do a single pass. You basically um, create a V at the join, fill the weld, um, the initial weld, and then fill up the, the hole with lots of wire and, and materials and things like that. Uh, about $360 worth of welding, a couple of hundred bucks worth of gas and just over $100 worth of wire to fill the goal. Um, so you're looking at, you know, in excess of uh, $600 to do that weld. We would do that same six-hour weld in three minutes with a total cost of about $6. So we're dramatically uh, changing the economics of welding. So that's us as an introduction. I just want to talk now about um, some of our strategic priorities and uh, what we're working on as a company to allow us to scale and grow quickly. So we have uh, four strategic pillars we're working with. First one is custom uh, acceleration, getting more customers, getting volume through the system. Um, second is an aggressive market expansion into the US. Uh, the third is to target one of the hot industries of um, in a nuclear industry and specifically the containment vessels for um, decommissioning. And the fourth one is the most recent initiative we've been working on, which is uh, penetration into the defence industry. So customer acceleration. I, um, I think it's fair to say as a company that we were operating in, um, as a uh, glorified startup. Uh, we had lots of systems. Our sales models were built on a direct sales um, model that came out of uh, that, uh, out of Australia onto a global basis. It was very effective for early adopters, um, but not very scalable. So we've been putting a lot of effort into refining our, our go-to-market strategy, what our, our customer value offer is, and how we're going to uh, engage with the more customers and be able to scale to deal with a lot more. Uh, we've recruited additional salespeople. We're in discussions on uh, distribution partners, and I'll talk a bit about those in the American things in a moment. Uh, we're aggressively pursuing uh, a number of opportunities in the uh, non-reactive uh, steel space, so the stainlesses and the titaniums of the world. Uh, we're doing that across the board in um, uh, pipelines, gas, oil and gas, defence, nuclear and aerospace. Our um, second priority, uh, and one that we've uh, made a lot of traction on recently, is to establish a physical presence in the US. Um, we we've, uh, actually are in the 
process of closing out on some appointments in there and there'll be some market announcements soon. Um, but basically America has potential, well, is uh, KTIG's largest market and ha um, has the potential to be uh, significant growth. So we want to put an on-the-ground direct sales force, but we are also working uh, with establishing distribution partners to allow us to get the scale and the, and the multiplier effect. Um, we sell effectively to um, two types of customer. Uh, we're not, a, a um, as I said, a manual welding solution. We're an automated welding solution. So we either have a customer who has an a existing automated welding line and wants to change out their technology from a plasma or a, a normal TIG and put in a, a, a keyhole TIG solution and, and gain all the benefits from that. Or we have somebody who has a new project and they want to buy a turnkey welding automation system. So they're two quite different sales. So we're seeking a partnership and distribution channel with the people that are actually supplying the turnkey systems. We only sell one component of it, and you'll all appreciate the complexity of we sell one welding component and um, the automation people sell uh, another component and they have to be integrated. The customer doesn't want that risk. They want to just get a, a turnkey solution. So we're working quite strongly on that area. The third priority is one we've been working on for a long time is the exciting opportunity of uh, nuclear decommissioning. So essentially, um, they build big stainless steel coffins, put the waste in it, seal them up, and then store them. Um, the projections for the UK over the next uh, years for decommissioning is about $4 billion or £4 billion pounds, um, worth of waste containers. Currently, they're doing uh, prototyping and some small volumes, and there are two organisations in, uh, in the UK doing those, Metalcraft and Darkem. Uh, Darkem is a customer and does 100% of its welding using our technology, um, and Metalcraft is its competitor in the trials, and they're um, using alternative technologies, and it's not working. So Metal. Craft uh, are talking to us at the moment about changing over, but the exciting opportunity is when it moves beyond this, this prototyping section into the thing, and we, we believe we can position ourselves as the preferred technology in that area going forward. So that's a, a very exciting opportunity for us. And the fourth pillar, which I'll spend a bit more time on because it's just been announced, is defence and aerospace. Um, we're targeting two types of um, application in the defence space. The first is the development of solutions for armour, um, and the second is the development of solutions for um, fabricated uh, structural components um, and reducing weight in them. So um, steels used in defence are very specialist steels. They're, they have obviously unique properties. They're very hard. They're ballistic resistance is high um, and uh, that brings along mechanical properties which are difficult, uh, make them difficult to weld and to fabricate with. So consequently, fabrication using these steels is very, very expensive. Um, it's highly, highly skilled. It's um, generally, in, certainly in the armoured space, um, manual welding with um, very experienced operators. Um, to put that in context, in a previous life, I was managing director of, of one of Australia's defence companies, 
and uh, we were looking at training a welding team to bring some fabrication into Australia, and we were talking about getting, you know, a dozen or so very experienced welders uh, and then sending them to Germany for 12 months to be trained in the specialist techniques that were being used. Uh, very highly skilled, very expensive people uh, because of the difficulty in doing it. Um, Keyhole offers a, a transformation in this area where we'll be able to dramatically reduce the cost, dramatically reduce the skill of the operators because it becomes an automated solution and improve the quality. So we formed a um, MOU partnership with Axiom Precision Manufacturing, which is uh, one of Australia's leading SMEs in defence fabrication, and Bizalloy Steels, uh, which is Australia's um, only producer of uh, specialist armoured steels for defence, but also produces them for things like the mining industry. And we'll be working with them to build a, a capability in Australia for automated welding of armoured steel. And, uh, and that's quite exciting. You'll read a lot about um, Land 400. Um, our ambitions are well beyond Land 400, uh, in fact, our global defence industry, but Land 400 is a currently active program in Australia that it's very applicable to going with those sort of things. So we're um, expecting to make a, a lot of exciting announcements um, beyond the MOU we announced last week uh, in the upcoming days. So why invest in KTIG? Well, um, we have... Uh, a proven revenue generating technology that we have all the rights to. We, we have the things, uh, it's proprietary, uh, we hold the patent protection and uh, it's been proven out there in the marketplace. Our market uh, is into an industry sectors that combined have uh, in excess of 250 billion in, uh, in, in applications. Now welding is, is, is a smaller fraction of that but it is a significant fraction of that. Uh, the, since the um, IPO, or so, sorry, since the listing, um, the, a lot of work has gone into building the right people in the team, both at the board level but the management team within the company, and we're very happy we've got the team to go forward. Um, we have a great business model via licensing that is scalable and gives us uh, recurrent revenues, which are great. We offer the market a, a no-brainer um, sale in terms of the uh, advantages that we bring to them, and our cloud-based approach and a platform, which is what supports our welding as a service model, also allows us to continually upgrade systems and offer lots of extra value over and above buying a, a machine out of a shop. So that's all I had to, uh, to say to you today. I'm more than welcome to take questions. I just will note that a longer version of this presentation has been um, uploaded to the ASX platform and if anybody is interested in more detail about uh, shareholdings and, and some of our business uh, opportunities and case studies, uh, that's all available on there. But thank you for your time. Very, very good. Thanks uh, for that, Adrian. We're, um, we're bang on uh, one o'clock, so uh, uh, there have been some questions come in. Let's uh, get straight into that. Um, First one from uh, Anthony, uh, almost in disbelief, um, around the production figures, six hours down to three minutes for the sh uh, same wel welding job. Um, he's sort of very keen to find out where he could uh, verify those uh, productivity gains. Sure, we, we, can, we can certainly send you um, third-party uh, trial data and um, testimonials that have been developed by you know, some of the companies that have used this technology. Essentially, the savings come because um, for a thick, 
thicker piece of pipe, you make multiple passes. So you, you, to, to, to weld them together, you would have to prep the edges of each of the pipes into a V structure. You would weld the bottom of the V with a single pass. You would then grind and get rid of the scale. Then you would put a second pass or a third pass, and you might have up to a dozen passes of filling out that weld. Um, our technology is a single full penetrate weld, so we just go around once. No preparation, just butt the two systems up, no filler rods, no metals to be putting into. We're actually just melting the, the, the um, original metal in the pipe and going around and putting it all together. That's where our saving comes. But we can certainly um, give you third-party um, you know, accreditations yep. for how we've done Very all good. that. We can, um, we can help facilitate that. Um, also from Anthony, um, Boeing and NASA, are they uh, two potential uh, customers uh, in, in your sites? Um, I can't say too much, but um, we are talking into the space industry as we speak. All right. Um, a, um, an, another big uh, picture question from Peter. What keeps you awake at night? I guess that talked to some of the roadblocks maybe that, um, yeah, that you're facing. Um, and, uh, yeah. Okay. We're, we're a category killer for plasma welding. Okay. Um, and, you know, we are, and there are some awfully big guys and some awfully big investments in plasma welding. Um, we will have um, credible competitors at some point in the future, um, but we have first mover advantage and we have an aggressive R&D uh, program to make sure we keep our lead. Yeah. Um, so just on the probably a roadblock question as well, so what, what's, uh, you know, what's been the, uh, why hasn't the, the sales growth been quicker to date? Um, uh, two reasons. Uh, primarily um, execution um, in terms of, I don't think we've um, been great at execution in, in the past and uh, uh, we put a lot of work into that um, uh, and that's an internal issue that, uh, that I believe we've, we've fixed. Um, and the second one is we are a disruptive technology. So we're in the early adopter curve at the moment or um, we're starting to pick up some of the late adopters now, but we, we traditionally in the last few years have been in early adopter mode. And um, just like the first question, this is too good to be true. <laughs> so yeah, we, we've seen uh, quite a lot of uh, coverage uh, on the uh, MOU that you have with the defence, um, in the defence sector there. So that's, um, that's obviously good progress. Um, just a, a quick one to wrap up. When do the current uh, patents expire? Yeah, yeah, look, I'd have to get back to you on that. I don't know the exact dates. They've, they've got more, a few more years left in them, um, but they were lodged um, in the early 2000s or mid-2000s. Yeah. Look, I think um, we'll, um, we'll wrap it up there. 